Yeah. But some of those applicators, my God. Yeah, work on that. It's like sandpaper. Yes. <laughs> Honestly, it's, it, it, it's like, oh, it's my barred. God. You, yeah. yeah. It's like, could you put... Make it more uncomfortable and unpleasant. No, we're just we're gonna use treads. <laughs> That's right. On this one. So yeah. there's no slippage. Yeah. Welcome to Hey You Know It. My name's Jaquetta Sotmar and I'm here with my co-host Katie Casmere. Hey You Know It is a podcast that tells you how it is or how it should be. You can listen to Hey You Know It on iTunes, a new episode every Monday. And here they are, Jaquetta and Katie. And I want to kick off with advice on advice. Advice on advice is a segment where we find advice on the internet that stinks. And it's unqualified. And we improve upon it by giving our advice on advice. So I have some classics, some Carolyn Hacks. All right, Carolyn Hacks. One of our favorites. Yes. The title is, My Mom Still Makes a Big Deal Out of Her Birthday, and She's in Her 70s. Okay. Um, (laughs) Well... Anyway, I'll read it. All right. Um, actually, no, I'm sorry. This isn't hacks. It is from the Washington Post. Oh. All right. That's so, all right. Yeah. Don't, it says it's with Dr. Andrea Bonoir. Oh. Or Bonior. I'm not sure how to say it. Dr. Both bon- sound nice. I like Bonior. Yeah. Even though there's no mark above, above the end, I'm doing it anyway. I like Bonior. It could be a jean. Yeah. A new designer. Bon yeah, Bonior. Oh, but I'm going to put on my Bonyours. Um, Some stonewashed denim Bonyours. Yeah. By the way, I just want to say, everyone out there who is rocking Canadian tuxedos, I'm with you. I love jean on jean. Yes, a Canadian tuxedo <laughs> is a denim jacket with jeans. Yes, and okay. even better if you have a denim shirt underneath. That's a three-piece. <laughs> that is formal. That's the formal. Formal That's... Canadian tuxedo. I saw a woman uh, at, at New Jersey. She had on a Canadian tuxedo, but the lower half of it was special because it was, the jeans were cut. She was an older lady, right? Oh. So the jeans were cut and were patched with lace. <gasps> I know. That's fancy. It was really fancy. And feminine. Yeah, and feminine. She's she's like that that sweet. <laughs> but it, yeah. it, it went a little wrong because there were a, there were a lot of patches. I'll oh. just put it that way. Okay. There was a lot of lace. A, a shapely a of cut of, of upper thigh, shapely cut of lower leg. Oh. Only the knee was concealed. See, you have to be, uh, <laughs> you have to... Kind of distribute that lace yeah, strategically she, throughout. She went too far. Okay. I was going to say, it wouldn't have kept her warm. <laughs> I'll put it that way. So in any case, um, my mother is in her 70s and thinks that the world should stop for her birthday. Her demands have gotten more and more ridiculous in the past few years with her guilt tripping me and my sister if we don't come to town for the actual day itself. We live a four-hour plane flight from her. We get a lot of these where people yeah. are like, I live far from you, parents. I yeah. can't just hop on a plane, drive six hours. Like, it's disruptive. Mm-hmm. Um, right. I, and, and they're like, but it's me. Yeah. So and they're must. like, yeah, it's I been don't you understand all- why you can't, won't do this. It's been you the whole time. Yeah. I saw you from zero to 18. It's fine. Um, it says, it does not matter that we have jobs and lives. And in my sister's case, a pregnancy. Oh. Yeah, my sister says we should just indulge, indulge her because she won't be around forever. Guess what? No, no one's going to be around forever. No. And no one will be around forever. And don't indulge in these kind of things or else you set a precedent yeah. and you're just going to keep having to do but it. But the idea of, like, uh, you won't be around forever, none of us will mm-hmm. be. Um, we're going to be back into the, we're going to turn to dust back into the soil. Should I start saying that? Hey, Katie, would you like to go for a coffee? You know what? I'm not going to be around forever. <laughs> Right. So either you come and get this latte now, right? Or I don't know what to say. Yeah, we might not be able to do it later, right? Because I might not be around. Yeah, I'm not going to be around forever. 
But this makes me look bad if I say no. And then she puts, I, it won't be the first time I was the bad daughter. Please give me a reality check here. So I think we're on the same page with mm-hmm. this one. You get, you got to break this. Yeah. The cycle of yeah. ho- hopping on a plane. The birthday's Hop every year. <laughs> but just the idea that it's like, okay, it's your birthday. And I know, I guess it's important for people to have their adult children around. But like, what about your friends? You're in your 70s. Can't you celebrate your birthday with your friends at some point? Just, exactly. Do you know what I mean? Like, exactly. So I feel like it's a thing when you're a child, up until you get around, like, what, 16, mm-hmm. maybe even 13 is when you start wanting to spend your birthday with your friends. Right. Right. So that kind of breaks things up. But I feel like when I when we were growing up, the adults had their birthdays. Like, they didn't necessarily want us around. Yeah, they were doing their own kind of For the of party portion yeah. of it. Right? Because it was inappropriate or, like, they wanted to cut loose and have a good time. Yeah, they were going out to celebrate. Yeah. They were having a party and you weren't yeah. supposed to be there. You're supposed to be in your bed, in it, your jammies. Do you think? But now, so this, <clears throat> that break has happened. So you're not celebrating. The children aren't celebrating with their parents because they're not children anymore. Mm-hmm. And the adults probably haven't been celebrating their birthdays with their children for some time because they're adults. You're in your 70s. Go out with your friends. Mm-hmm. Isn't that a more fun Birthday than having your daughters spend a lot of money to come and see you, and they don't want to be there. But then again, is it more fun to guilt somebody into doing something they absolutely don't want to do just to be able to make somebody do something? I mean, I think about that because I'm not a guilt person. I know you aren't either. But is it fun for people? Some people, that's their thing. They they get pleasure. Why is that fun? Because the the people look miserable. Yeah, some people are so miserable, they get pleasure out of being cruel. That I get. Out of of having control over other people. That I can kind of see, but... The, uh, and making someone... people feel guilty into... It's making somebody do something against their will. It's mm-hmm. a form of power and control. And that's what it really... That's what it's so all about. So, in cer- circumstances where I have been guilted into things, and you know me, this doesn't work mm-hmm. very well for me, because I'm the kind of person who will get up in the middle of a sentence. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Because I just didn't like, like no. the cut of someone's jib. <laughs> Bye, but, click. Yeah. Yeah. But if you, it's a birthday party and everyone else around you is just looking sour, that's, that's not fun. It, yeah, to you and me, it's not fun. Yeah. And to our listeners, it's not fun. But there are people who are like, ha-ha, I'm making you suffer. Uh, no one likes me, but I've forced them all to be here. Ha-ha. And they're all suffering. And so... Uh, this Pass the cake. It gives people pleasure to make other people... She's a sadist. So she's a sadist. Yeah. She may not be beating somebody, yeah, but she's yeah. a sadist on a level that she wants to... I pain. think also, too, maybe this is, like, what's left of her power. Yeah. You know? Like, well, her power's not going to be around forever, either. Let's and, hear what a... She's Vaughn. also a narcissist, too. Yeah. She's probably done things like this her whole life. But what, what, what happens on the... I mean, look, to, full disclosure, for my mother's birthday, I just send something. Yeah. Hopefully it gets there on time. Might follow up with a phone call to see if it got there. That's right. it. But my mom's not a big birthday party person. Yeah. Um, but this just sounds a little weird. So, <clears throat> Bonoir or Bonior <laughs> says... Bonior. Bonior. Jeans. Yeah, hand on hip, by the way, yeah. when you say it. I could talk about boundary setting or owning your no. Never heard that before. Own your, Own your no. no. You know, that's some that's some stuff they only tell women to say. Yeah, some Oprah stuff. They're never going to tell a man to own his own your no. no. <laughs> They're like, I what do you, I own it. I feel like I'd be like, yeah, go ahead, own this. 
Own your no and taking care of yourself and your own needs, even if someone else chooses to view you in a negative way for it. And I've certainly seen the birthdays gone wild trend get crazy at times. I wish she had explained what it is that her mother wants to do on these birthdays. Because she's saying that their requests are ridiculous. I want to know, what is it? Is it like 10 strippers? It's probably matching outfits. Oh, no. And like a a weird tee, like a high tee somewhere. That's really bad. I wouldn't have gotten that bad that quickly. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're talking. I'm I'm not going to be around forever. Yeah. Wear this outfit. Get bedazzled. Like, I'm imagining fringe. Yeah. Matching outfits? Yeah. I, don't, I think my mom and I wore matching outfits when I was, like, maybe three or four. Yeah. There's a picture. Yeah. Um, that's cute. Yeah, that's when young moms think they should dress like Holly Hobby, and they dress their daughters like Holly Hobby, but that goes away. Um, I've definitely seen the birthdays gone wild, trying to get crazy, but I can't shake the nagging feeling. Like, I'm not sure what's actually unreasonable here. Yes, demanding your plane flight necessitating presence on a certain weekday is potentially selfish or domineering. But I don't hear you saying your mom is that way in general. I'm going to assume she is. And we're talking about once a year. I feel like I'm betraying you here, but a part of me is with your sister. Could be worth exploring this as a one-off every year with certain other visits sacrifice. Yes. (laughs) I'm going to the sacrificial visit. Put it on the altar and dress it in white and stab it. But I think she's saying, like, look, I'll come for the birthday, nothing else. Not Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, anniversary, Mm -hmm. Mother's Day. You're getting the one day, it's the birthday, that's it. Yeah. That's That's it. That's it. Since your mom prioritizes this one. So this is, I got to say on this advice, it ended with a question, which I feel like, that's not really what advice is about. Like, if I, you know, if I ask you a question, please don't respond with a question. You've not helped, and you've so, made it worse. So I think that you should um, maybe think things over a little bit more. What do you think? Should I think things over? Is that, should I do that? Yeah. Is that what I should do? Yeah. So I'm giving this advice a huge thumbs down. First of all, I disagree with it. Yeah. But also because she posed a question at the end. What, what this woman... <laughs> What this woman wanted to say is, no, you don't have to go. No, you don't. In fact, instead of, you know, booking that flight to see your mom, book a flight, go somewhere else. Go somewhere else and send her for her birthday. Send her a card with glitter in it. Yeah. So she opens it up. It's all over her. (laughs) I'm celebrating you. Happy birthday. Yeah. Yeah. I'm celebrating you from the beach. Yeah. Put a picture, you know, like, have it be postmarked from, like, Barbados or something and be like, happy birthday, mom. Yeah. (laughs) I I don't, yeah, I don't have time for this kind of stuff. Yeah, I don't either. I'm getting to the the point where, like, I don't even care about my own birthday that much. I know. You know what? (laughs) On my birthday, and I was perfectly happy with many of these, like, I would just go to the movies by myself. What's wrong with that? All day. Yes. All day. Just movie after movie. Why not? Yeah. I enjoy that. I always, people ask me, uh, what do you want to do for your birthday? I said, my birthday would be fine if I woke up and there was a bottle of champagne next to me. I just necked it, passed right out, woke up again, birthday over. <laughs> this is a wonderful birthday for me. Very easy. It costs about $65 and some ice and a straw. A straw. Biodegradable. Yeah. Because I care about the environment. Yeah. Yeah, for birthdays, it's like, <laughs> if people are around, it, I, I use it as an excuse to get other people together, yeah. get them drunk. Yeah. But, like, I don't want anything from people, you know. That's it's true. Like, you, you don't. don't you always do say no. Yeah, just nothing. It's just, hey, we'll get together, get drunk. That sounds good. Mm-hmm. Or the aforementioned scenario where I just get up, get drunk, and then go back to sleep. Yes, perfect. Without leaving the bed. One or the other. Yeah, and yeah. if someone could bring me, like, uh, you know, maybe a poached egg with a salmon. 
Oh, that would be nice. That or some lobster. Nice. So a little bit of lobster yeah. and then pass right out. Yeah. All right, what do you have? Well, first, I want to say, I was walking through Port Authority this morning. Okay. Or we are, we're doing, this is an early morning podcast. Yes, yes. So I feel like we're like morning radio. I know. <laughs> On your commute. It's Jaquetta and Katie. Yeah. Hey, you know it. Oh, In the morning. Yeah. We need lots of sound effects. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what were you saying at Port Authority? So walking through, and it's it's a holiday weekend, so there's people rushing to and fro, trying to, not, no, not rushing, there's just a lot of people meandering to and fro. Because mm-hmm. they're kind Who's of working the this morning? Nobody's working. Okay. They're all going somewhere for the holiday weekend. Okay. So they're getting, they're getting on their... They ass early. Right. But there's one man is cutting through the crowd, dragging his suitcase, and he's like clearly miffed at however many people are in this <laughs> miffed because he says un- he says loud enough, but to nobody, man, I can't believe how many shitbirds they fit in this place. Just to himself, yeah. he just had to say it. Yeah, he just had to say he couldn't believe it. He couldn't believe how many. I was like shitbird. What is a? Sh-? I've never heard like. I've never heard them together. A shitbird? What's a shitbird? Well, there's a character on a Canadian television show called the Trailer Park Boys. He's Mr. Leahy, and he is a, an inebriated park supervisor. Okay. And he uses phrases like this all the time. It's like shit everything. Shit tsunami, shit storm, okay. shit river, shit bird, shit dog, shit everything. So I don't know if this is a Canadian thing of putting shit with something else. Or if it's just an old man. Was he an older man? He was, I would say, maybe early 50s, but he looked like he was in his 60s. Okay. Like he was living a hard like, life. How did you make that determination? <laughs> like, you know he, he was he, he looked older than he was. Yeah. Is what he looked like. Yeah, yeah. He definitely looked older than he was. Like it had been was. tough, and yeah. not just that morning. Yeah. Like many mornings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> On many a day. So I don't know where this shit whatever comes from i'm gonna guess it's canadian okay so you're going we don't canadian. really put things together like that yeah we that's why it stood out because yeah. i haven't really heard that phrase and even though i've heard each word separately well because we would probably say something like i'm not saying we americans i'm like you you or i would probably say something like look at my assholes yeah yes right you know or schmucks or something like that but shit birds huh yeah <laughs> There's actually a phrase um, from the Canadian show. It's like you know, birds of a or shit birds of a feather flock together, that kind of thing. Oh, so he uses shit in front of everything. Yes, to like emphasize it. I guess to make it more. I don't know. That's vibrant. Funny. That's funny that you bring that up, which brings me to what I wanted. It is this a segue? Segment. Is this is it is an un- unintentional segue? Nice. Um, so, uh, the segment I wanted to bring up is, like, a sister segment to, um, The Weekend Bigots, where okay. we talk about language that gets into the water supply that is racist or uh, full of bigotry. Yeah, and we don't know. We, we don't, don't know. know. We say all these things. Like, we grandfather, say, claws, rule of thumb, things Peanut like that. gallery, things yeah. like that. We didn't realize we're totally awful. Um, anyway, there's a lot of phrases that we use that we are getting wrong. Okay. And one of them is the phrase, birds of a feather flock together. That's wrong? It's, it's that's only part of it. Okay. There's, there's, there's four or five more parts. Yeah. <laughs> there's only two parts. It's like a Lord so of the So you, you would hear birds of a feather flock together, meaning like you are the same as the people around yeah, you. Yeah, like because like or whatever. Yeah. But it really is. Birds of a feather flock together until the cat comes. 
Really? Yes. So it's a warning about fair-weathered friends and not an assessment. Another phrase. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So what is it? It's birds of a feather flock together until the cat comes? Yeah. Until there's adversity. Yeah. So it's a warning about fair-weathered friends, not an assessment of how complimentary people are. So it's like when when the shit comes down, when the shit bird. Yeah. When the shit bird lands. (laughs) Yeah. You better get ready. Yeah. Then, yeah. Everyone flees. Everyone flees because... Who's really going to stand by you in hard times? And you'll see who your friends are. When the cat comes. When the cat comes. I like that. Maybe we could just start using when the cat comes yeah. as a phrase for something. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, at the end, it's like, yeah, until the cat comes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, then just leave it out there. Let's bring it back. Yes. Listeners, please, in please. your own life, just start saying, until the cat comes. Until, until the cat comes. When the cat gets here, then it's all over. Yeah. Shit birds. <laughs> yeah, shipbird is optional. Yeah. Or you could use that separately. Yeah. I mean, you have a lot of different... We've given you some options here. Mm-hmm. You know, how you want to, to accessorize this phrase or use it in yeah. different pieces. So birds of a feather flock together until the cat comes. Yeah. I like that one. Do you have any more of those? Or uh-huh. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Okay, how about this? This is one we use all the time. Um, okay. Jack of all trades, master of none. Yeah, is that wrong as well? Well, it's kind of used as like I'm not really great at anything. Yeah, I mean, I I like jackass of all trades. Yeah, that's my <laughs> my spin on that. So, jack of all trades, master, master of none. none, and it really ends. There's more. There's more. Jack of all trades, master of none, but better than a master of one. Jack of all trades, master of none, mm-hmm, but, but better, better than, than a master of one. Really? Yeah. It means that being equally good. I know. I'm saying it's like, that's yeah. the phrase. Okay. Yeah. Equally good or average at everything is much better than being perfect at one thing and sucking at everything else. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so those things are exclusive. So either you, jack of all trades... And master of none. Or you only know how to do one. You're a one-trick pony. That's it. Yeah. (laughs) That's what the phrase is. So it's like... Oh, we're using that all wrong. Yeah. So you're saying jack of all... We all walk around around saying jack of all trades, master of none. Like, as to put yourself down. Yeah. Like, oh, well, I can do a lot of things, like, minimally. Yeah. And it's like, oh, I didn't know, Jaquetta, that you could also play the tambourine. You know, Mm -hmm. like, jack of all trades. Jack of all trades. Master of none. So it means like, oh, I can't do it really well, but I can, I'm proficient. I think you couldn't have picked an instrument that seems to have less skill. No offense to any of you out there who are professional or, you know, want to be professional tambourine players. <laughs> I was watching something recently on YouTube. It was like a youth orchestra. And so they were, it wasn't very good because they were young people. They're practicing. It's a very difficult mm-hmm. thing to do to be a part of a large, you know, orchestra like that. And then in the background... There was, like, a young lady, a young girl and a young guy, and they were, like, the C team. Yeah. Triangle, woodblock, cymbal. They're waiting the entire time, and at the end of the song, it's like, they do their thing. Oh. And they were so excited. It is exciting. When you have have a cymbal, you know it's going to be, like, a showstopper. But they literally, the whole time, were just standing there, like, nodding their heads, looking around. They hadn't done anything until the very end. The woodblock's like, peek. Yeah. And I imagine their parents are like, why am I here? Why did I sit in the front? <laughs> like, 
why why are you even going to practice? <laughs> like anyone could have just shown up today and done this. Yeah. And they're reading they're reading the score like everybody else too. Like there's a reason for them to be doing that. Yeah, it's like, can't you just hear the music and know when you're going to... Yes. Yeah. It's right before the conductor raises, and it's the end. And then yeah. you go, clink. <laughs> well, they were... it's also then they're they're learning the process of the whole thing. I think these are the people who just want to be a part of the band. Yeah. At any cost. At all costs. Yeah. It doesn't matter to them. They just want to be there. And they're actually probably going on the trips, too. And the, the, yeah. the band department is like, why are we paying for these extra people to go? Like, can't we just use someone from the audience? <laughs> when you get there. there. Yeah. <laughs> Can't we just have a digital symbol clap? Like, it's fine. All right, so I, I wanted to report on robots, um, some robot news. And it's pretty, it's getting sad now. They're really trying to sneak robots, not robots, but um, automated technology into the shopping process. And I know you are on board with this. I am too. I refuse to check out my own stuff. I do not work at CVS. Oh, Again. yes, yes. I know. I, it's suddenly- I do not work at Panera. Suddenly, everybody works at the places that they're paying no. for their goods. And, and you know what, young people out there, it, it's not supposed to be this way. No. Well, I had a very sullen young person the other day. So you can, you can check yourself out or you can go and have the, you know, a person check you out. I, that person was so angry. <laughs> that they had to work. <laughs> that they had and, to work. And I'm like, bitch, I'm trying to save your job. Mm-hmm. Like, if no one goes in your line pretty soon... They're going to be like, you know what, maybe we don't need Felicia anymore. Right. And, if and you're, then what? You clearly have no skills because you couldn't even, like, say hello and then take my money. Right. They can't form a, perform a function yeah. that is necessary. And what they're doing at the CBS is they're having people stand around and they're like, hello. Yeah. Are you finding everything? I'm like, if you stop talking to me, I can find but my stuff. It's like, uh, can, uh, do you find what you're looking I've been in, look, I have been in drugstores my entire life. I know where the hair bands are. I'm good. <laughs> what like, I need you to do yeah. is get me on the counter and, and check me, me out. out. Because and I don't know. I, I Inevitably, something's going to be wrong. A coupon, whatever, pricing, a price so check. So now you have to check all the prices, make sure you're getting the discount at the end, like doing the whole thing. I tell, you know. <laughs> I feel like the, the young person is just there so they can monitor to show that they don't need them. Yeah. <laughs> that like, see? Yeah. See how sour Felicia is? We don't need her. It's just to kind of just warn people, like, if you don't do your job and check yourself out, right? Yeah, you'll have to deal with Felicia. You're going to be in trouble. Like, we'll get you. She doesn't care about your purchase. More people need to walk out of those places. I'm not. That's that's what I've been doing. Like, if I walk in and there's there's no one at the checkout counter, I'm like, I'm out of here. Yeah. So, I read this thing, um, economic policy analysis. It says when the next recession comes, and they're saying that's going to happen, like, any minute now. Maybe when we leave the studio. Yeah. When we walk outside. <laughs> recession is. Recession. People just be moving slowly. It's kind of like the rapture, a suddenly boom yes. recession. Um, when the next recession comes, robots will be ready. For humans, it'll be a downturn. For ro- for machines, it's an opportunity. There's no opportunity for a toaster. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It just is. Like, either you use the machine or you don't. The machine's not like, sweet, now's my chance. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's a, it's, a, it's an opportunity it's for that the toaster people. to grow into a toaster oven. Yeah, you know, maybe. you do a good job toaster with the with the two slices to provide more functions. Yeah, um, it's an opportunity for businesses to make more money and for the people who sell machines to make more money. But it's not an opportunity for the machine itself. Let's just be clear about that. Whoever wrote this piece, uh, it says the human labor market is the human labor. Human labor. Animal labor, oh. robot labor market, loose. 
if you're an animal or a robot right now, jobs are plenty. Yeah. Um, the human labor market is tight with unemployment at 3.9%, which I don't believe at all. But there's plenty of slack in the robot labor force. So there's a lot of robots just hanging about, not performing their functions, <clears throat> you know, on corners. <laughs> offering Lays to, like, offering to hand. tune up people's cars yeah. at the stop. You know, offering to calibrate your, your, you know, your iPhone or do something for you and you don't want it. Just get out of here. Yeah. Um, and they're saying so that when the recession comes, um, as it will, employers will look at their workforce to be like, where can we cut? And I feel like this is all they do anyway, mm-hmm. right? Whether there's a recession or not, people are like, how can I get rid of these workers so I don't have to pay anybody? Mm-hmm. Um, so they're saying when the recession comes, they're going to get rid of people and then try to replace them with robots as quickly as humanly possible. They said as automation is coming, these are the people that are going to be impacted the most by robots. And let's see if anyone cares about them. Young people. Yeah. Minorities. <laughs> and rust belt workers. Ooh. They get like a, you know, they get a shout out as well. Rust belt workers. Rust belt workers are. Yeah, so young people, minorities, and rust belt workers. I'm going to guess these three groups are not going to band together to make some kind of super group. They should. They really should. Or at least a super band. <laughs> yeah, super band. <laughs> um, and then also the food service workers were once considered too cheap or too difficult to automate. They're going to be replacing them as well, apparently. They can't. I don't know don't, how. I don't know how they're, they're going. It's it's an extremely expensive robot who can replace. Yeah, servers. Who, who replace a server? Um, they said if it can be replaced, mm. if it can be replaced by technology, then the job won't recover. And it said Americans are now divided between high-paid employees who design machines, low-paid worker who sweep up after it. Mm-hmm. I guess the design. And then even lower-paid service workers at fast, casual sandwich places who give sandwiches to the people who sweep up and who make the thing. Yeah. Those are the jobs. <laughs> yeah. So either you're designing machines, you're sweeping up after those guys, mm-hmm. or you're, you're giving them a sandwich to the low-paid guy who sweeps and the designers. And the guy, those are the jobs. That's it. Um, I find this very interesting because who's going to be buying all this stuff with no job? Right. Where's this money like, coming what are they, from? Like, yeah. what are they going to be making? Like, a lot, lot, you know, like, what is it? How is it going to work? Yeah, what is, what is everybody, everyone's, like, <laughs> flocking to Yeah. these three. Then, then what? Yeah. Um, someone said they, apparently at George Mason University, there's a cooler-sized robot now that will deliver food for $2. On campus. All right. So, well, so it's like a little cart that comes at by and you open it up and it's... But I don't... Re- I mean, we both went to college. I, I clearly remember walking to, to get, get food. food. And it was fine. And it was fine. Like, at no point was I like, <sighs> I can't believe I have to stop studying. To get up. To get up and walk all the way over to the pub to get a bagel. If only it would arrive... In a cart by a robot. And I would give it $2. No. No. <laughs> Why would I give it to Why you? I would you take robot that food $2? and kick that robot to the curb. <laughs> That's what you just... Well, did it... You know, Why this am is I giving the it $2? When they, they tried the experiments. We talked about it a while ago on the show where they had a robot going hitchhiking across. And, and somebody it, beat the shit out of it. beat the shit out of it. You cannot send a robot, <laughs> robot no. out on its own. For $2. It will be destroyed. So in my mind, the whole point of the robot is... The food gets delivered to you, and you pay no dollars mm-hmm. because 
what am I, what are you paying for? It's a robot. Yeah. There's no... It's just going around getting two bucks from everybody to deliver sandwiches. It doesn't like, have robot babies to support. No, it, does, it doesn't. It doesn't have a little robot pension to contribute to. Like, it's not worried about, you know, the future, reti- retiring to Robot Florida or whatever yeah. happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and it says the young workers will be most susceptible, of course, because they don't vote, so who cares about them? They comprise 9% of the workforce, but 29% are food service workers. That's less than I thought. I, I remember everybody worked food service. Yeah, right. Everybody did. It if was you like were the 21 first, or yeah. younger, that's what you did. What else could you do? You had no skills. And these were the jobs that were open. Yeah. And they, they'll take you. And it said men hold 7 mm-hmm. out of 10 pro- uh, production jobs, so those are gone. They said women aren't already, they aren't producing anything anyway, so mm-hmm. we should be okay. With our soft skills. Um, Hispanic workers are more exposed than any other race or ethnic group, but Native Americans and black people also fucked as well. Um, so, and then again, the Rust Belt. So we'll see what happens. I, I really don't know what they're, I think they're not thinking this one through. No. That you really need to always have people making enough money to buy the crap that you're constantly producing. Like people will just simply stop eating out. Or, you know what I mean? Yeah, or consuming just, in the same way if they don't have the money to do so. And I actually, maybe mm-hmm. I'm old-fashioned, but, like, I actually like having a food service. Like, I like, you know, Going a in. person do you realize that, like, making I, the food. I walked into, you know, like, one of the little, I guess, restaurants. You know, mm-hmm. you, get, you can eat there or take out, whatever. Sprouts or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But the thing is that... Flingers. It's so quiet in there. Yeah. And it's so It's creepy. Sad. Because you usually go to these places and it's lively. There's people around you. You walk in and there's humanity. Yeah. But you walk in and it's just a bunch of people putting food in bags waiting for the person to show up and grab it and go. And they don't um, interact with you because there's no reason to. Yeah. They've read your order off of something. Mm -hmm. uh, And they're just putting it together. Yeah, you're right. You can see them, but they're kind of like... So the, the next step in this is to put something between you and them so you can't see them at all yeah i think the the idea is that they i don't know if the people who design these systems actually are customers of these kind of places or if they're just thinking about the management and efficiency aspect of it because it is creepy to walk into a place and there's no one Mm -hmm. there's no one really interacting with you there's no one there and it's just like you just go in and you feed yeah, right. it is. It's like a different world. It's not social. Like, uh, if I'm working from home, I will go out and be like, all right, let me go get something to eat. I want to actually stretch my legs. I'm not yeah. ordering. Yeah, yeah. And you walk, and it's just like, what are all the people doing? They're all looking at their phones, and they're all, like, nobody's talking. And- yeah, but it's like, because we still have bodegas. In your neighborhood, you have a bunch mm-hmm. of bodegas. So do I. I'm n- I've never been at the bodega and thought, oh, if everyone would just fuck off. <laughs> you know, like if I just couldn't see Mahmoud, this would be amazing. Yeah. Because he's so annoying with his willingness to fix my coffee the way I want it. Yeah. And his inquiring about my day. Yeah. <laughs> I can't deal with that anymore. Yeah. Just get, get rid of that. And then also, I guess the other thing, too, is like while this automation stuff is going on in uh, more corporate okay. eating places, our bodegas are not going to change. Like your bodega guy is not going to be like, you know what I really need in here? Some robots. Up yeah. until recently, apparently, they didn't even lock the doors so they never closed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? It's true. Yeah, I told you about the one in my neighborhood. Yeah, it actually closed one time, and you're like, what the hell's going on? No, it had to close. Well, they couldn't close. 
they couldn't close because they lost the key because it's been ah, open for so long. So they just had to be open. Yeah, because it was during Hurricane Sandy yeah. and everyone was supposed to be evacuated. He's like, I can't leave. He's like, I'm just going to have to be here. What do you need? Yeah. He's like, oh. Zinfandel? I got it. <laughs> it's half off. He's like, the key's gone. <laughs> we have not locked this door ever. That's so crazy. Nobody knows where it is. And so it's like, wow. We just have to man this place until... We can get a locksmith here. Yeah, basically. It's like, but there's a massive hurricane coming. It's a super hurricane. Too bad. Check it out. You know what? Get the ice cream. Yeah. Then. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, I just find it odd. So, on one hand, all of this, and you can see it in Midtown a lot, uh, all this kind of, like, walk into a place, and there's one place I walked out of. I'm not kidding. It's not for comic. Mm -hmm. In fact, I walked in. I didn't see anybody. There was just a a lot of screens. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, fuck this. (laughs) I'm out. (laughs) And went through like a Korean bodega. I didn't know. I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know what to do. I didn't want to sit there like an asshole with like my little soylent green. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? And like, and then when do you? What do I do when I'm done? Do I leave it here? Do I? I just left. Yeah, you don't even know. Like, yeah, do you take it to the garbage? Do you, yeah? Do you and leave it on the, the table? The irony of it is, is that while the the technology is becoming, you know, more and more sophisticated, supposedly, it was a salad place. <laughs> you know, that's like how do we automate a salad even what, better and make it But that's what they're tech. working on. Like I've never had a problem getting a salad. Mm-hmm. It's never been one of those things where I'm like, <sighs> it's not like tampons where I'm like, you know what? If they could just come up with a better tampon, yeah, automate yeah. that. No kidding. You know, yeah, or I'm like gonna... some things that are really like, can we get the buses to work? No, a salad. Some of those tampons. Oh my god. I always wonder why are they shaped like bullets. Yeah. That's, that's, a, that's a good question. You know? Like, isn't, there's no other design to better capture a flow of something. Yeah. <laughs> right. Than something that's aerodynamic. Yeah. Looks like you just shoot right through the flow. I know. Without touching, without bothering anything. Yeah. Wow. Woo. Yeah. But some of those applicators, my God. Yeah. Work on that. It's like sandpaper. Yes. <laughs> Honestly, it's, it, it, it's like, oh it's my barbed. God. You, yeah. Yeah. It's like, could you put... Make it more uncomfortable and unpleasant. No, we're just we're gonna use treads. <laughs> That's right. On this one, so yeah. there's no slippage. Yeah, we just want to make sure <laughs> that everything goes well. Oh, and once you put it in, there's prongs that come out. The yeah, side, just to make they sure. deploy. Yeah, <laughs> and they hold on. Yeah, so nothing gets out. All right, what do you have? Hey, you know it is a free podcast, free of charge, F-O-C. Free as a bird, free, free falling even. Well, it's free for listeners. We put a lot of hard work into this. Editing and online hosting is frankly thirsty work. It gets pretty dry in this studio. And you know we love a tasteful white wine. If you like our style, consider buying a gala drink. We've added a PayPal donation button to heyyouknowit.com so you can show us some love with a one-time or recurring donation to cover a little something from the vine. For $5, you'll be hooking us up with a happy hour glass of tasteful white wine, a four-ounce pour. For a 10-spot, we can split a bottle of wine from the bodega across the street. For $15, we can kick it with a jug because who are we kidding? For $25, you'll be making our dreams come true with a box of tasteful white wine concealed with a Mylar skin. Mmm, box of wine. <laughs> I got very far afield. Okay. I want to talk about tree spirits. Okay. <laughs> changing. Changing directions. Totally. So is this animism? No, it's not okay. really animism. Um, this one... This particular tree spirit? Are you focusing on a tree spirit? No, the question was, are there really tree spirits? Okay. Sure, why not? All right. We've settled that. (laughs) 
<laughs> this is an article, and it's it's older, but it's funny because it says, following it's, the wrath of Hurricane Sandy, the talk of trees has been a hot topic. Okay, yeah, it's if you come here for the news, this is it. <laughs> so I decided to do some research into a very bizarre subject: tree spirits. Do mm-hmm. they exist? So the take on this one. Um, why is that so bizarre? Some people believe everything has a spirit. Yeah, that's animism. That's yeah. a, that's. It doesn't mean that it has the, like a, a human soul, mm-hmm. but it has a spirit. Whatever that is. Whatever that is, yeah. That one's different, right? It's not like, you know, there, a, a tree is a, is a person, and mm-hmm. it speaks whatever language you speak and thinks yeah. like you think or whatever. If but they, they did say, know what we were thinking, we wouldn't be here. They would fall right on us. For sure. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> like, Smack us. Yeah. Some, with a leafy branch. At, at least. Yeah, but that's the thing that um, every every living thing has a spirit in it. Mm-hmm. And then um, whatever it is for that particular entity. Okay. Okay, so that's animism. So okay. everything has a life in it. And on top of that, I believe it's animism, but I'm not quite sure. But some there is a, a belief system where if an object, like say, say this microphone, Okay. Is here for like over a hundred years, mm-hmm. then it too takes on some kind of life. Of what's around, like it, it draws its light own from life what's around it? It becomes alive. Okay, after like a century. Pinocchio com- becomes a boy. Okay. Whatever. I never really understood that. I didn't get that either. Tale, but yeah. like this is, it, it now has a life. Okay. Of its own. It's alive in its own microphone way. Good luck to you, Mike. <laughs> You got another 90 years. <laughs> yeah, you served as well. And then <laughs> then you'll know something, yeah. you know. Yeah, but um, so anyway, that's the kind of... It'll do a, its own podcast by then. It's like, I've heard enough of these. <laughs> Fuck it. I know how it goes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so trees, rocks, animals, they all have their own spirits. But this particular article is actually talking about spirits that live in trees. Oh, that's different. Yeah, that's okay. different than that. Uh, let's see. It turns out there's information out there on tree spirits. It's believed that spirits or ghosts use trees as dwelling places when visiting the earth. This theory goes huh. way back to the Old Testament where there are reference, references to sacred groves. Um, where is this stuff in the... I don't remember this. They obviously left this out of my Bible study as a all kid. The That's fun interesting. Stuff, all the fun stuff is... They took like, out. Yeah, like, they get right get to the... Yeah. Well, no, I was going to say they get right to the Armageddon, but no, we, ne- we never made it to that part. We never uh, finished. Yeah, the, the early Celtics, Romans, Egyptians all believe in tree spirits. The Egyptians believed that it was deities who occupied the trees. In India, shrines have been built under trees to gain the favor of the spirit. Mm-hmm. Many believe that if you cut down a tree with a spirit dwelling in it, that you will lose your life. I've, I mean, I like this idea to just to stop people from cutting down trees. Yeah. I find that if, if you've ever been to a clear-cutting forest area, I don't know if you've ever seen that, it's mm. traumatic. It looks like a scar. Yeah. And I don't know how... I wonder if people who are, like, lumberjacks and things like that, do they feel weird sometimes mm-hmm. when they look around and see all the... Obviously, they, they're going to create something out of the wood, but do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I would feel bad if they cut down all these trees. Yeah. Um... Some of the most common spirit trees would be ash, apple, cedar, oak, and cherry, and pine. Mm-hmm. Um, Those have the, mo- the more likely to have spirits dwelling in them. Yeah. Uh, there's a famous haunted tree in Gilberton, Alabama. 
Mm-hmm. A woman named Lenny Jenkins claimed to hear strange noises and crying coming from her pecan tree, mm-hmm. which was located on her front lawn. Mm-hmm. It attracted media attention, and by 1981, thousands of people from all over the, over the country came to see the mystical tree. It was discovered that the house had been built on a site of an old, they say, Indian graveyard, I say Native American. Yeah. And many believe the cries heard were the, from the people who had died. Well, or just, where was this? Alabama? Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> there could be a lot of reasons yeah. that tree might not yeah. be happy, including the history of Alabama. Yeah, so... Um, and what if pe- So people came from all over to see this sad tree. Yeah. I wonder what they got from that. And it, I know, you know, right, right, or just like but, they got to see something. To but I, something. I wonder if people got there, and so if it is built on a Native American site, I, the hope is that okay, so you have this tree, it's drawn people to the site. Here's an opportunity to mm-hmm. educate people about Native American history, about the environment, about the horribleness that is the deep south. You know, like yeah, something. right, oh, right, yeah. Um, and not just charging people for lemonade or something. Or a sweet a pecan pie. A pecan pie. And take some home. It's slowly. Yeah. It's got a spirit in it. You can eat part of this tree. Yeah. And then uh, this article goes on to say just what we were talking about. Um, it's called Huna. Huna is the philosophy of the ancient Hawaiian magical shamanism and healing. And Huna is believed that is a belief that everything is alive, responsive, and aware. Mm-hmm. Therefore, everything has a spirit. Huna teaches that spirits are connected even if they are different life forms. For instance, human spirits connect more closely with other human spirits, but human spirits connect Sometimes. with animals as well, especially dogs and horses. Um, and it also states that humans have a very spiritual link to the tree. Okay. This may be the reason why so many people are distraught when a tree is destroyed. Yeah. Just what you're saying, for reasons unknown to us, we form a connection with it. It's like, it, like you were saying, it's a scar. It's... it's it, it, looking at those trees gone yeah and i'm I, like i've had uh situations on our property where someone has accidentally has been asked to like clear some land and they cut down a tree i'm angry yeah i've been i i told one person i was like if i see you anywhere near my property ever again it'll you had hope that you see me first yeah <laughs> after cutting down a tree i'm like why would you do that you know yeah i know it, it remember there was that um I was on at a friend's house, and they're surrounded by woods, and suddenly a tree fell. Boom. And it was like, oh, my God. It was like such a, I mean, it was. Did you see it? Yeah, we saw it. it that's was crazy. It like, saw it fall over. And we're just like, that's nuts. And it was like a, a big emotional yeah. reaction to this tree falling, where it could have been like, oh, you know, figures must have been the Was he like, peace, I'm out. <laughs> <You know. laughs> Hopefully. Yeah, yeah, it's it's for some reason it's very traumatic. So we ha- we have a link to them. I mean, it possibly could just be the fact that we know we need these things to survive. And if trees aren't doing well, you have to think about the environment mm-hmm. in general. It's like now what? Like this guy didn't make it. How are we gonna do? Yeah, oh, and like we said in another um, episode, having more trees around reduces crime. Yeah, and domestic abuse. Yeah, it's like we need these trees. Yeah, we need these trees around. So uh, uh, since we're on the nature tip. I found some wolf news. Um, so appa- according to the news, swarms, and they put that in quotes, because wolves, <laughs> don't, wolves don't really swarm. swarm. Um, and if you saw a swarm of wolves, it'd probably be your last day. <laughs> All of our last days. Yeah. Um, swarms of wolf-dog hybrid animals could, ar- could drive European wolf populations out of existence, a study has warned. Apparently, 
there's been some crazy crossbreeding uh, between wolves and domestic dogs. Do they say it's due to uh, lack to habitat destruction, lack of territory? But I think it's just you know some good old fashioned romance and. <laughs> <laughs> like, so, it's like Valley Girls. Yeah. Like, uh, they know they're not supposed to be together, but they don't care. Yeah. They don't play like, by your rules. It's like the Valley Girl and Nick Cage. Yeah. They're the punk wolves. rocker. Get together. Um, the result is greater incidences of interbreeding, which scientists say threaten the genetic identity of wolves. So, and scientists are split on this. They have, dis- they have determined after, uh, so the scientists got together and they voted anonymously because they didn't want people to know what their positions were, and some, I guess, were scared. There are pro-hybrid people, anti-hybrid people, um, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So 40 scientists got together, and they warned that a lack of engagement and agreement among scientists who could tackle the problem will hamper the efforts to prevent wolf-dog hybridization. I don't think you're going to be able to stop a wolf and a dog from getting it on. No. (laughs) You just try. Try shaming them. Yeah, you have 40 scientists. You can have 39 if anyone tries to step (laughs) up and see. They're, they're, they agree that there's a problem, uh, but it says we need to address this issue before wolf-dog hybrids. So let's be clear that a dog dog Sweep the nation. Yes. Okay. Wolf-dog hybrids. Um, back cross with wolves. So the offspring of the, a wolf and a dog getting romantic, the wolf-dog will then go back to the wolf community and be like, hey, guess what I got? A little of everything. And then breed back in. And they say eventually there won't be enough, quote-unquote, pure wolves. Do we even know that there are anyway? Yeah. This is what's going on. Yeah, exactly. You know, like, who, who are we to say? Yeah. <laughs> you know, is this really our business? Yeah. Like, who cares? Well, they're saying that we, uh, the hybrids created between wolves and dogs are usually fertile, and this threatens a wolf population. I don't know, the wolves don't feel that way. Yeah. Um, firstly, because dogs are so numerous that the rate of genetic change could be fast. And secondly, the domestication process that has been associated with intensive selection for traits might be disadvantageous in the wild. So Mm -hmm. the idea that we're breeding out wolves and everything's going to become more like dogs. Look, I don't know what kind of dogs they're breeding with, but I'm guessing it's not like a Pekingese. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, I'm your, guessing it's not, you know. It's not the kind you put in your, in your hand. No, bag. it's not a Shih Tzu. It's not a Chihuahua. It's whatever uh, dog is wolf enough that a wolf is like, hey, you yeah. know what? Not bad. Not bad. <laughs> we I all know the wolf is the one in charge. Yeah. Like, I want something a little different. Yeah. You know, she's mostly wolf, right? Yeah. And then she's like, ooh, just a bad boy. Yeah, you know, why not? So the study allowed scientists to share their views anonymously and revealed agreement that people should be educated about the impact of free-roaming dogs. Meanwhile, romance is happening. They're, like, talking about it. There's probably two, a wolf and a dog, right outside the room. Like, get a load of this. (laughs) And that government should remove the wolf-dog hybrids from the small recovering wild wolf puppies. So they want to, and good luck on this, they want to separate... So a wolf and a dog have gotten romantic. Mm-hmm. They have offspring. The scientists are saying that they should take those offspring. Good luck. Good luck really, with that. Don't you have anything better to do with our tax dollars than I have separate? No idea. But how is how is that going to work? I see uh, angry wolves on one side, angry dogs on the other side. If you start taking away their offspring, yeah, no kidding. I think I mean, we're gonna have other problems besides wolf dog hybridization. And maybe this is a, the way that the wolf is going to survive. Like, if, I mean, wolves see how dogs have it. Dogs are chilling. Mm-hmm. They're not being hunted to extinction. 
they're they're hanging out in people's homes. Some of them have their own beds. They get free bones. Yeah, wasn't you know there I mean? the story of the this guy who found a dog that fell through the ice and yeah, it was all wet? And it was like, a wolf. It was a wolf, and the, and it pretended to be a dog for a while because it was getting you know love. Yeah, <laughs> like they took care of it. They they took it to like a shelter. And I don't know what the big deal is about a wolf versus a dog. I well, the the point is supposed to be that the the, the distinction is that apparently a wolf. This is what we say, but keep in mind we don't know very much about mm. wolves. Um, they're very private. <laughs> so that wolves will... Not a lot of press conferences. Yeah. No. <laughs> wolves will always choose the pack okay. over humans, whereas a dog will always choose humans over a pack. That's what they say. Uh-huh. But in the case of this wolf-dog hybrid, I don't know. I think this is just the wolves trying, like facing facts and being like, look, ebony and ivory... You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we got, we we got to do something. Yes. Otherwise, it's it's never going to work over here. Like, look what's happened to the the wolf population over the over the millennia. Yeah. You know, they're just trying to make a comeback. And all and the other thing too is like, I think the easiest way to do this is just maybe not let your really attractive wolf like dog roam free. That's right. There wolves are not coming to your house. There's no wolves knocking at your door. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> They're not coming to your house looking for your dog. Yeah. Like, your dog is putting it about. Yeah. Because you're letting it roam freely. Yeah. And I'm surprised because I had always assumed that wolves would attack and eat a dog, but I guess something else is different going on. Oh. You know? know? Cue the, um, yeah. the, the Al Green. So, yeah, wolf-dog hybrids, um, apparently threatening the genetic identity of wolves, but also just upsetting scientists who don't know what to do. Should they steal the offspring? Doesn't sound like a good idea. Should they sequester the the dogs from the wolves? I don't know. This is nature. Control. Why don't you control everything? Yeah. Control every other living thing. Because the the way you were doing it before worked well. Yeah. I mean, these wolves are choosing, you know, the wolf ones, the wolf heart ones with the wolf heart ones. I don't know what to say. (laughs) And I would love to see what these wolf dog hybrids look like. They probably just look like wolves. Yeah. They're probably cool. They're probably fine. And again, just to be clear... These wolves are not uh, getting romantic with, you know, small, particularly, like, housebred dogs. Like, they're only going for for dogs that are up for it. Yeah. (laughs) Looking for a bit of wolf. Thank you for listening to Hey You Know It. Stay in touch with us during the week. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Tumblr. Go to iTunes and leave us a five-star review. We'll read it on an upcoming show regardless of content. As always, we love your emails. Send us an email at heyyouknowit at gmail.com with your comments, questions, and segment ideas. Emails will also be read on upcoming shows. Please tell your friends about us because you know we don't advertise. And let them know we can be found on iTunes at stitcher.com and at heyyouknowit.com. Thanks. 